Hello and welcome to the Face Downs, your source for TCG news and all things Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm Lucas. I'm Ruben, and I'm Joe. And hello, everyone. Thank what a you. Year. What a year, doll. We're at the end, uh, recording the 12th of December. Yep. And uh, so for today's topic, we thought we'd do a little review, a little yearly review, have a little look back at everything that's happened this year. How many Greek alphabets have ruined our lives for this past year? Four. Um, and uh, kind of analyze some of the releases that have been uh, part of our 2021 year of our playing our favorite card game. Releases, ban lists, anything else we want to talk about that we felt really impacted the game. We're going to skip over the really crap sets quite fast and probably focus on the more interesting stuff, uh, which means we will not be talking very long about the first two things on the list. But with that being said, you guys have a good year. Well, it was a lot of it was inside, but, uh, you know. Yeah, I think it had a, had its highs and lows for me. Like, um, obviously, we had the some really cool tournaments at the start of the year. Uh, we had some in the middle of the year. We had a few lockdowns. Now we're having some good tournaments again. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to next year, though. Hopefully, we'll get a bit more in. Absolutely. We got to get more. We got to get more in. I felt like the last... I feel like this like last couple of year was like so up and down in terms of um in terms of like events and how things have gone. I just feel like next year's on the up. Like I feel like next year's on the up and is going to be the way to go. So why not start with what came out at the very beginning of this year? That's right. And the first thing to come out this year, drum roll please, was Legendary Duelist Season 2. Yeah. Woo. Uh, this set was all right. Like we we can talk crap about how the rarities looked bad, the ultra rares, the colored different text, but this did have some good reprints. This was our first urgent schedule reprint. I think uh, yep. this was our first. It's our first Libra reprint. Yeah. Uh, Perfumer reprint. Like all of the legendary duelists three and four, Um, which I mean, it's kind of just like the trait with the legendary duelists, like kind of dick box, like dick sets. They just kind of maintain being expensive. They don't reprint them very often. Yeah. I don't say there wasn't anything immediately out of this set that I was jumping for, but I think in retrospect, uh, maybe I would have liked to open a bit more because this was the uh, only reprint of Harpy's Featherstorm this year. As a common. As a common. Um, but apart from that, nothing really too crazy, I'm not going to lie. No, Urgent Schedule was $10 for a little bit, and now it's 30 again. That's, yeah. that's the story of this product. Extremely cool. Ruben, what was next? So next we had our first core set of the year. Um, generally, you know, we look to the core sets to be an indicator of what we're expecting to be playing, what will be carrying through from the last year, any new strategies. Um, I would say that probably wasn't delivered on no, in this particular yeah. core set. Blazing uh, Snortex, yeah. more like. Blazing right? Neg. Um, yeah, Blazing Neg. Blazing Dumpster Fires, I think what House of Champs kept talking about it. I think we actually opened Blazing Vortex on an, on an earlier pod episode. And I got really salt because we pulled like a 50 cent secret. Yeah. Which is every single secret except for two of them. Yeah. Um, so this set wasn't really the one. I'm yep. not going to lie. There are definitely some notable cards. I think really the selling point of the set and the only reason to open this set uh, was a very notable spell card known as Potter's Prosperity. Um, a combo based Extrav? No, a combo-based duality. Yeah. Like, that's you're, kind of something that we just hadn't seen. Really underselling Warrock Mountain here. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. The, 
<laughs> we were going to make the War Rock joke. Yeah. War Rocks, I mean, every set of this year, I think we could probably point at a redundant archetype that could not have been printed. This deck, this set has about five. Several, yeah. It had Spring Gans, it had S-Force, it had... War Rock. War Rock, and then it had support for Armed Dragons. So, so just real bangers out the gate. Ooh. Prosperity is like a $200 card, though. Prosperity is nuts. And I feel like more decks should be playing it, but to be honest... The way the format's pairing out right now, it doesn't it doesn't feel super necessary. No. I think like your other notable include was your goddess, but Underworld Goddess of the Closed World. Yeah. I mean unique, super unique, using one of your opponent's monsters, um, and then it being unaffected by cards that don't target it. I, I actually think Underworld Goddess, and Joe, you can speak on Blazing Vortex in a second. I heard you had some points, but Underworld Goddess. I think we'll see play when we get another link-based deck that doesn't lock you, um, like Tri Brigades. Mm. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm in agreement there. I think that we all saw that Prosperity is the card that everyone chased. Um, it's kind of that card that will maintain its value over time because there won't be a reprint for at least another few months, I'd say, into the new year. Yeah, um, it, yeah, it'll be the 2022 tens. Yeah, so that's a while away. So like people that need it, if there's a deck that comes out that really needs to dig through its cards, like you're gonna need to pick up Prosperity, and they still hold their price point in New Zealand over a hundred, like about 150 each. So it's mm. it's definitely one of those um, big secret rare cards. Um, the one card that I know that Lucas would be dying to talk about, but I'll steal the thunder, is a Tripagate Kit. And oh yeah. The reason I think this card was so successful was because like. Tribrigade was a bit of a sleeper at the time and like no one really knew what it was like people were just offloading Tribrigade bases for little to nothing and like it soon became became evident that that deck was actually insane and I'll let Lucas talk about that mm. yeah I played this deck for a while I actually played it before Bebram and before Kit came out I was a big fan of Tribrigade and what I always felt with Tribrigade was there wasn't a critical mass of names you only played three Fractal three Nerval and like two Karas because Karas was never the best one and you didn't have the materials to make its own boss monster very easily. You could mm. put three <clears throat> things in Grave, but never four. So the deck couldn't really do much. I, I was just playing the um, Simorg Bird of Sovereignty, which hilariously became the best thing the deck could do. But Kit really pushed it above and beyond, giving a Fractal essentially aligned to a one-card Shureg was massive for the deck and really pushed it to the... I'd say tier two representation of the trap tri brigade three revolt uh, with Zodiac cards deck before Bear Broom came out. So absolutely, I think Kit out of Blazing Vortex probably has the highest win rate or or top conversion of any of these cards, including Prosperity. Mm. Uh, I don't think it's stronger than Prosperity or even Underworld Goddess, which I, I I do believe in some short future we will see do massive numbers. Yeah, and I think like one final parting note is um, this deck can obviously introduce support to like the Genesis Impact archetype Lilla, like uh, Evil Twins that gave us a Lilla Treat, a free extender for the deck. I think this is also kind of the first set where the Starlights didn't make sense. And that was, yeah. like, and that was a huge crippling thing for it. Like we look at sets like, you know, okay, we can start at the beginning of like Ryra, but you know, towards the end of the last year of like Rise of the Duelist and Phantom Rage, the Starlights in there kind of all made sense. Yep. Like even Phantom Rage, you had Ferrajit, Torn Scales, Alpha, Zeus, the Heater Charmer. Whereas this one, it was like Prosperity. Made sense. Made sense. Like good card. Then it was Trishula was your import Starlight. Yeah. And then you had 
Miradora, a terrible card. Terrible card that couldn't answer the problem at the time, which was VFD. Um, you had Lilla Treat, which was obviously waifu, you know, that's the gig. And then oh, what was that? Armed Dragon Thunder level 10. Oh yeah, the one that kids just purchased. <laughs> the um, one that's currently $90. Yeah, that's kind of that was like the, it was such a weird set for Starlights. And I think like mm. that like kind of really hindered it in terms of like opening like capability. Because not only do you have a set that had no value except for something that was so high roll, you also had no high rarity cards to kind of offset any loss. This was the first set where the Starlights were a miss. Because even Ignition Assault, which last year was probably the worst set that came out, had fairly decent picks. It had Lightning Storm, it had Sky Striker Ace Rose, it had Charmer. Yeah, like it, it fit thematically, I guess. This was such a yeah. bad set to open. And Ruben, you opened too much of this set. I've far, I've been far too Ruben much. was trying to get Pot of Prosperities and... Uh, that did not occur at this moment I mean, in time. And that was unfortunate. I opened about <laughs> two or three boxes and I got two prosperity out of my two boxes, so I couldn't complain too much. Where'd rub it in? Because we've actually had ridiculously good luck with core sets, I think. Everything yeah. except this one. Everything this except was, this, this one. This was yeah. the hard anomaly for us. Because me and Ruben live together, we need six copies of staples. So generally when we open a case, we get three of each card and then we have to just buy a second play set but between us that generally works out uh this this set was not not kind to us no and no, it was not sir. a set that required playlists uh, play sets unfortunately all right uh joe you want to take us to the next event of the year yeah so the next event wasn't a product it was the march 11th ban list and i remember this one quite well because i woke up on a um i believe it was a saturday or a sunday morning here over here um in the post was my ABC deck. Um, <laughs> I'd just been playing a bunch of combos with it on the um, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pro. Uh, I really enjoyed the Union Carrier lines it had. And yeah, woke up, Union Carrier was gone. So I sold the ABC deck the next day. Mm. <laughs> that was For a loss. Um, yeah, that was a yeah. Thursday. Uh, Amazing. What a, what, a, what, a, what a terrible Thursday for you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, so what happened in this ban list? So we had in the band section, we had Union Carrier, Utopia Zexel, and VFD. So Yeah, so good riddance. Yeah, <laughs> those were three pretty problematic cards. Funnily, Union Carrier was the last of its breed to get hit because they hit Linkross, they hit O-Lion, they hit Jet Synchron. This card was always used in like Halka Fibrax combo setups. combos. Yeah. Obviously, it was also used to put Block Dragon in Grave and then later on, uh, in this deck used to get Eva out of the deck for free searches um, in Drytron, which is why it got banned hilariously. Yeah, because it was equipping Dawn Knight. Yeah. Not to mention this card also used to equip Dragon Buster Destruction Sword from the deck, which locked your opponent out of the extra deck, which... Uh, which like, was banned it was, before this. It occurred. was banned before Union Carrier. It's actually at three on this list later on. So, uh, And it was limited. I think yeah. Union Carrier I, well, is actually, definitely one of those cards that, like... Should we talk about Utopic Zexel and VFD as well? Does anyone have any thoughts on those cards? I mean, they're, they're the same card, essentially. Your opponent can't do things. Yeah. Utopic Zexel prevents your opponent from activating effects at all. And cards. Cards, yeah. <laughs> In general. Cards or effects. And uh, True King of All Calamities, also known as VFD, just prevented an entire attribute. Every monster your opponent possessed of the same attribute from activating effects and they couldn't attack mm. so and it was at a point where this was still double vfd virtual world virtual world being the three six nine deck that could make rank nines multiple times a turn 
and without cracking a sweat. Yeah, there was no extension needed. It was just like Cloud Castle did everything for you. You would make your first True King of All Calamities, declare light, force the Nibiru out of your opponent's hand, and then go, great, here's my level six that can reborn one from grave. I'll make another Cloud Castle. I'll bring back the same level nine, and I'll make a second one. This was kind of where we saw like the importance of things like the decision make the decision points of like gamma droplets, everything mm-hmm. like that. The dark ruler, like it also pushed people into playing trap decks. Like the only deck you could play that wasn't virtual world was a trap deck because you could set your entire hand and be like, yeah, no VFD. So Shadol yeah. was quite good in this format. Um, not to get it out of the way early, saying the S word, but it was. Zulich was also yeah. this was also a really prominent deck. Because you get VFD and you're like, okay, I'll, I'll wait till that thing runs out of material and then I'll play. But for now, have an Ice Dragon's Prison. Have a good day. That yeah. was kind of their game plan. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to the Limited. We had one card, Benton. Benton. Don't need to talk about that too much. Triple Benton. It's not once per turn. It's yeah. not even once per turn. And you've seen Drytron lists now. They can still use this effect four times a turn. So imagine exactly. if they had three. Yeah. It's just not close. Every time a Drytron player opens Alpha ben plus 10. Ben 10, you lose the game. Like, there's nothing you can do. And mm. this card just had to be put to one, I think. It was just too abusable. It was crazy. And then Unlimited? Yep. We had the Dragon Buster Destruction Sword that we spoke about just before. Um, it could have come off because of, you know, Union Carry is gone. It hasn't done anything since, so whatever. Nope. Uh, Firewall Dragon after its errata. Another card that just hasn't done anything since being off. It's still good. Uh, it's still a strong card. I think when the Code Talker stuff comes out, yeah, uh, I mean, it has Heatsoft, yeah. it will make this pretty. I'll also, valid. I'll also a little caveat onto that. It didn't, it didn't become unbanned until April sixteenth. Yeah, they wanted to wait for the errata yeah, to take effect because yeah. they, yeah. they didn't want a week of everyone just playing pre errata firewall. Mm. Uh, we had Bardish going from one to three. Uh, yeah, cool. Uh, we had Doloran. I mean, that's the ice. That's the idea. Yep. Tiger, yep. Tiger, Tiger King. The ice Barrier. Yeah. Um, also errated. Um, yep. Had been errated a long time ago. No. It was for the structure deck. They errated it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, okay. It, I had, take that it was. Doloran loops were very prevalent, and that's why it was at one. And so yep. it was just been errated to hard once per turn. It, it can bounce cards on your own field. That's, yes. That's what they had to take away because it was not once per turn. So you could loop. Well, it wasn't a hard once per turn. So you could loop Doloran's bouncing continuous spells like. Archfiend's Oath or something to draw your entire deck. Yeah, it was all, like Cowboy Loops was also was yeah. mainly what Doloran was used for. It's like an FTK card, but they yeah. needed it for the deck, so that makes sense. Then we had Ignis to Prominence. Um, that is another card that hasn't seen a lot of play. Like, it might do again at some point if like Pendulum get another little boost, but... One Did people ever play really... three of this? No, it was like two. I'm pretty sure you only two, ever two played yeah. two. And for lack yeah. of like better stuff, now we have so many good eights, it feels... So funny that you would want to play three of this. It was also strange, like, this is just, like, again, like, Pendulum Past. Like, this isn't, like, it's the ghost Mm. of Pendulum Past. Ignis to Prominence is not the card it was back in 2016. It's just a Mm. removal spell. A really good one, but, you know, we have a lot of those. Yeah. We have Baron, you know? No one's making Ignis to Prominence. (laughs) No. Then we had had, uh, Argent Chaos Force, FTK card, Zexal being banned, was why this was limited, I believe. Zexal... Because this was a card you could add back to your hand if you exceed summoned a uh... six or higher, seven or higher. No, because um... you could make you could make Utopia add this back and then make Zexel by discarding it. That was the whole point. Oh, okay. so this card was like a one-card Zexel index that had no business playing Zexel. 
Um, you literally play like foolish burial goods to put it to grave. Yeah, pretty much. And then you just had a card that said your opponent can't play the game. Too unfair. But with Zexal banned, this card is completely unplayable. And, and then lastly, we had the yeah. biggest change of all throughout the whole entire year. True King's Return. Oh my god. Wow. I could go on for hours Crazy. about True King's Return, dude. I, I mean, the amount of True Draco I've had to play against. Yeah, since it's since um it's notable uh, decimation at the start of last year. Um, yeah, crazy. They, they I can't. Yeah, they really. It's exactly what they needed, and it's just slipshot yeah. them to tier one, and uh, it's We're actually have, unbeatable. We honestly have to do a whole another podcast on that topic. So exactly. We'll, we'll just yeah. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. We'll move on. We'll call it um, so diagram to one. Oops. Im- incre- improve the deck. Uh, that's yeah. what it's called. <laughs> and we will be playing True Draco for the 3v3 upcoming in February, of course. Yeah, there will uh, be three True Draco players. Um, no <laughs> extra deck also, so it'll be March True could you, Draco. Could you yeah. imagine? Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Anyway. All right. Moving on. Uh, first reprint set, I guess, of the year, unless you count Legendary Duelist Season 2, which came out in January, is Ghosts from the Past. Uh, goes from the neg, goes, goes from, from the, the trash, trash fire, yeah. trash from the past. God, these sets sucked. The first half of this yeah, year was just, just pure yeah. ass. Uh, this set introduced a couple new cards. This wasn't just reprints, um, but compared to Dual Overload last year, it was like, oh my god, nothing. We got Drag Unity Remus, which is a discard to search Ravine and then a free summon if you control Ravine. R- Ravine. So a free card. Not bad. Uh, Neshadol Genius, which is technically, technically like a negate yeah. for Shadol's in the graveyard, but it's it's like a bad breakthrough skill. Breakthrough skill. Uh, it's like when it's sent to grave, you can negate something and then on flip, uh, unaffected, make something unaffected. It's like an eagle booster for the archetype. It unfortunately most- hasn't topped this card. No. And the most awkward thing about that card is you're going to be summoned an Equilone with what you're sending. So, like, you send it, then Aqualone, like, negates the monster anyway. So yeah. you're like, ah, oh, okay, moving yeah, on. Cool, thanks for that one. Yeah, and yeah. if anything, you want to send, like, Token Collector with Aqualone because it's a relevant yeah. meta staple. So, yeah, it, this feels fairly average. Um, Ghost in the Past, of course, had no good reprints except for evenly, evenly matched. matched. Yeah. And uh, Emergency Teleport, I think, was in here. Yeah, that was a pretty um, good reprint. Like, it was like 80 cents at the time. Now it's $5. I mean, and I believe its last printing was like Legendary Collection 5Ds. Like that yeah. it had, was not a card that had been reprinted. Uh, and then like Hieratic Spheres. Oh, yeah. Was a reprint in that set as well. But for the most part, this set was Ghost Rare or Bust. And the only real notable Ghost Rares, because a lot of them were accessible, were (laughs) Firewall Dragon Errata, the first reprint, have yet in this country to receive... I guess we have gotten uh, the maximum gold ones now. So that was months after this. You had to just buy the Ghost Rare to have the new text. Terrible. And then you had the Black Luster Soldier, Soldier of Chaos, $150 card. (laughs) uh, Reprinted as a $300 card. Awesome. Uh, this set, God, this set sucked. Yeah, wow. Anyone want to wax lyrical about how much they hate this set? I'm looking forward to the next one because it is already proving to look like a lot more worth opening. <laughs> That's true. Um, I think the biggest downfall of this set is that it was three packs for $40. That's a feel bad. Like, it's not value, you, is it? there's no value in that. And I mean, like, you know, speaking to people, you know, I worked in a card store at the time and I was just like, yeah. I'm going to sell this all on the first day and not sell it ever again because everyone's going to realize how terrible the set is. And well, you know, that did ring to fruition. I think maybe like the nostalgia factor of like, oh my gosh, Ghost Rare Dark Magician potentially keeps it relevant, but at what cost? Like, I don't, I don't really. 
No. I'm not really interested. Casual, casual fans of Yu-Gi-Oh! want to open a lot of packs for cheap. I don't know how many people I've sold Rage of Ra to because you go, oh, it's a box with 36 packs for $100, basically. And it's full of cool stuff that they'll like. Uh, the structure decks as well. You know, you get a brick of 40 cards. There's, there's stuff to go through. This was like, oh, it's three packs of five. And to a casual player, they're like, that's no, like, you know, they don't see the value in an ultra rare over a common. Um, to them, it's just how many cards are in it. And every time I told them it was just three packs, they're like, oh, I'll just get something else. Like, this is lame. Yeah. Yeah. Well, really starting off this first year strong. Uh, and it continues. Uh, moving yeah, on to... <laughs> this, the first half of this year is in contention for the worst series of Yu-Gi-Oh! products ever released in a row, I think. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, yeah. It, uh, until... Yeah, well, you're still scrolling. Yeah, still scrolling. Yeah, keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah, keep scrolling. Yeah, yeah. There is nothing like, good. And even then, that's just the Mega Tens, which are already good. The first good set of the year comes out in November for like cool. value. Cool. Right? But we're going to get there. So we'll we've got to get, we'll get, get through some clunkers. Yeah. And the next clunker is Ancient Guardians. Ancient Negians. Ancient uh, Trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep going. Trash Guardians. Trash Guardians. Um, I really don't think we need to spend too much time on this. It introduced three it's archetypes. Sarctic, Ogdotic, and Sulfur Cord. Uh, it had notable reprints and collector's rare things like collector's rare Pankratops and Skullmeister. I still need one more collector's rare Skullmeister. Anyone out there, please. Um... Yeah, no, we can move Bad. on. There's, there's Riptos support coming in the future, so maybe it'll come back to fruition. I highly doubt it. But you know what? Snakes, snakes rain. That's all I've really got to say. Um, yeah. It's disappointing when deck building sets don't have a good deck in them. It's really disappointing. Yeah, because you look at something like Genesis Impact, there were two. There were two. Well, it was like one exactly with two. the guarantee of two. Like, you know, live twins kept getting support. And I'm, Joe's just about to talk about it, but like they just kept getting support in every core set. So you were like, okay, maybe this is a good deck build to build. Drytron was obviously tier one. Drytron needed like multiple ban list hits. Yeah. It's so funny that Drytron never got to be tier one in the way that it should have been because they got hit so fast. Genesis Impact came out like the December, late, December of the previous year and they were like three months in, half your stuff's getting limited and banned, buddy. I'm sorry. Like it, it, it has to go. <laughs> Yeah, they've been wild. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. But moving on, um, I think Joe's got our next yep. core set of the year. So June the third was the next core set, and that was Lightning Overdrive. And I remember this one as well because we split a case amongst us all at the uh, freebie free. Yeah, before we were a podcast, we were screwing you guys yeah. over. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> by well, taking all the good cards, you guys over because we uh we came second in the end and took half the case. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Well, what were those polls? Yeah, to? I'd love to. Yeah. We strategically gave you the bad boxes by chance. It seems so. It all worked yeah. out in the end. It all worked out. Yeah. So <laughs> me, Aiden, and Liam ended up with literally nothing. You guys had everything. But we'll talk yeah. about what was in the four diviners, by the way. Yeah. Well, that's one of the good cards in the set, and that was Divine of the Heralds, a uh, jump promo in the Japan. Um, that was immediately bought out, speaking to OCG players. Uh, and this card still facilitates so much. I believe the sen the sentiment still rings true uh, that once agents come out next year, people will stop thinking of this card as a ritual card. But for now, it's a damn good ritual card. <laughs> it's one that you want to like pick a setup just to like be ready for these new decks. Like, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, this card reads win the game. Yeah. Because not only does it say send a fairy from extra deck to graveyard like divine uh 
not Divine of the Herald, Herald, Herald of the Ark like yeah. to search a ritual. Not only does it dump Entis from the extra deck to just become a spot removal spell on normal summon, it can dump any fairy from main deck to grave as well. This card mm. literally reads win the game if it resolves. And I don't think there's been a lot of decks taking advantage of that. I think Dino had some success with it in Despia. And World Chalice. And World Chalice, both decks that have good fairies. Uh, World Chalice and Despia, you can just send Eva as well. So you get the uh, Herald of Orange Lights as a hand trap follow-up. Yeah, it's like you would get the, you dump the Trias Hierarchia, tribute the Diviner to summon it from Grave, and then Diviner, in the case of World Chalice, could summon Lee from deck to search. And then obviously, you know, there was like, you can tribute, you could summon Despia Tragedy from deck because it's a fairy. I think it's a three, isn't it? I don't think you can summon Tragedy. No, Tragedy's a one. It's a one? Oh, okay. It's a one? Okay. Uh, Fact-checking life. Uh, no, no, no. It is a one. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this card reads win the game. Uh, it's currently very expensive, and I think it'll just get more expensive yeah. as more decks are able to use it. I mean, it is like a plus two <laughs> on legs, mm. so we take those, you know? Uh, and it's a tuner, so it's always going to be at least uniquely good. It can make Hulk. It can make Hulk. It's a one-card Hulk. So uh, next up, we had a uh, Mubeta Fafnir, and that was Mubeta Fafnir. Uh, for yeah, because it was like custom card. Yeah. yeah, this is yeah. why they had to ban all the Drytron stuff. This card is Lavarval Chain. Yeah, with upside. Yeah, a lot of upside. A massive. It's got a negate, and no one ever even used it. It's mm. insane. <laughs> this card's crazy. Um, it facilitated the access of obviously decks already using things like Herald of Perfection, but this facilitated ultimateness without removing cards off your field. Um, it being a fodder at the end of the combo could turn it into an IP Masquerina. Like, this card did so much, and it literally read as a custom card, like, on announcement. I believe we were all looking at this card going, this isn't real. This is someone who wants this to be real. But no, this is real. Um, probably one of the most powerful Xyz printed this year, I'm not going to lie. I think that this does allow for so much setup. It's ridiculous. And Xyz um, are generally the strongest card type right now because of zeus so the fact that it's an xyz as well is just even funnier it's crazy yeah um moving on to something that's not as crazy at this moment in time uh it'll be the utopia stuff that got in here so this was a, a large slew of utopic support um cards like ascended sage uh leo arms no that's the old one rank up magic uh, zexal force rank up magic zexal force zexal conscription yep um or construction whatever it was um and then obviously ultimate dragonic utopia ray the ultimate dragonic halberd. So there was just a lot of utopia stuff. And um, this is kind of like a precursor to something further on down the line, but it was definitely like, it felt like 50% of the support. Yeah. And then what comes out later on in this year is the other half. So it's definitely something that it's already seeing a bit of like success and demand. You know, the ascended sages were pennies on release and now they're like a good eight, $9 us. So it's something that's just to keep an eye out on, and I think that the strategy is super unique. And again, making XZ monsters is not bad. We got no. more releases throughout this year that definitely facilitated the use of a lot of XZ monsters. Agreed. Yeah. The next one I'll talk about is um, Amazement. So we had a little trap engine uh, come out in the London Overdrive, mainly with the Arlecchino and the, I think it's Horror House and... Cycle coaster, cyclo coaster, yeah, cyclo coaster. Yeah, yeah, and and it kind of played a little bit like an outer guys thing, and that you could like slap in like a uh, Eldritch deck and stuff. I played it for a little bit, but it kind of just a bit lackluster. It didn't quite have enough. 
Yeah, it wasn't crazy. It, um, it, it was a, a kind of, again, just read too fair. And the biggest yeah. issue with the deck is that it relied on equipping the traps to your opponent's cards. So, so you, you could chaining. You could, you'd miss chaining. You'd miss being able to negate monsters' effects if they activated on summon. You have to be very preemptive and telegraphed with your interaction. You can't like wait and trick your opponent or catch them out at a, at a, a choke point. They can always kind of play into what they know you have and then go, well, too late. I've already got this and I'm going to just do this and play around it. Whereas Altergeist and Guru, I think, are take, reactive. They take more advantage mm-hmm. of immediacy and like floodgates. This deck wasn't amazing at playing floodgates. It could play There Can Be Only One, but I think that's it. Yeah. So it, it has all the hallmarks of a really good control deck, in my opinion. First of all, it doesn't use its extra deck at all. So you get to play all of the really, really good pots that get you card advantage. And punishment. Yeah. It has a in-deck win condition because Arlequino is 2,500. Plus, plus the, um, the ticket lady, the... the Amazement assistant. The, the guide. Yeah. Has 1,500 attack. So in two turns, you win the game with just those two monsters. I think that's a really decent clock. Um, and the, the Arlequino acted as a removal spell for anything. So you could clear big monsters which is something that altergeist always struggled with is like you stick a 3000 attack or defense monster and unless they have mel you seek they struggle to out it without like using too many resources mm. so the deck has everything going for it but i think ruben's right the the fact that it must equip then affect that little extra gap that allows your opponent to chain things to interact it's the difference between like protocol negating rescue cat is something you yeah. can chain Right, but setting the rescue cat involves when they summon it, immediately going for the effect, equipping it with horror house, flipping it face down. It's like you have to, you have to be the agent of change when mm. when you just have a protocol set. Your opponent doesn't have to know about it, and it can come in an, unex- in an unexpected way. You can also instead of hitting the rescue cat, you can hold it for like the graveyard effects of the things they're going to summon off of rescue cat. Like that utility is huge. So. Yeah, it's, it's a little sad to see a deck like this that has so much potential not fulfill it because Arlequino is an incredible card. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and, like, and then finally to cap it off was more, uh, more life, life and support. The best one. The best one. Physical Frost draws you a card, so it's yeah, one of the better Physical ones. Frost drew you a card. I think probably the last thing to put in as like a, maybe like the notable mention would have been um, Ruddy Rose Dragon. as like kind oh, yeah. of just, just a nice level 10 synchro that we kind of hadn't seen for a, a bit like yeah nothing like level 10 synchros always got a lot better later in the year um but this was kind of the first one was like oh okay like this is this isn't a bad level 10. yeah ready rose dragon if you summon it against the right deck you do win the game yeah it just banishes everyone's graveyard it's like rest in peace from magic the gathering if you resolve it against tri-brigade and they top deck a tri-brigade you win the game yeah. it's awesome yeah and then um, again, this is another set where the Starlights were like just yeah. over the place. They skipped Diviner. Like Blazing yeah, Vortex had prosperity. At least yeah. this one skipped the good cards. It was like your Starlights were what? Bahalutia, Kissikil Frost. Yeah. Uh, your import Starlight was Black Rose Dragon, which made sense because it was a Black Rose theme. Um, oh, we forgot Scrap Raptor too. Oh my gosh. A common. Yeah, yeah okay. that was also oh, how, okay. how this set lost its value is they made Scrap Raptor, which is an incredible card on the power level of Diviner of the Herald. They made it a common. Why? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I thought it deserved even just an ultra printed, just something yep. like, yeah. Everyone thought like, oh, this card is cracked in dinosaurs. It's also crazy in the scrap orchest decks that have been going around. There are scrap Machina decks that have been using this card. 
It effectively it is a free Halka Fibrex, like Diviner. It's also a scrap engine enabler on its own. It's crazy. This card's oh, nuts. Oh, and um, Bearbrum. Bearbrum, also for Tri Brigade. Yeah, yeah. Bearbrum, Searching Revolt, turned that deck into the tier one deck that we... This set was okay. It was just very meager, meager on value. And as you said, the Starlights were not great. Yeah, I don't yeah. even... What were the other Starlights? I can't remember. The, the new Stardust... No, the, not the new Stardust. That was the next set. Um, it was Black Rose. Book of Lunar Eclipse. Oh the, my the Book God, of I forgot about that. Uh, Obviously, Honest. the live twin. No, not Dark, Dark Honest. Dark Honest was... Oh my God, remember Dark Honest? We've gone on a tangent. We should move on. Yeah, yeah. terrible Starlights. <laughs> uh, and, and like cards that had two... That were too accessible. Yeah. Like cards... Like it had the opposite problem of Blazing Vortex where like all the necessary cards were at high rarity in Blazing Vortex. Or like all the and then all the or like all the shite cards were high rarity, and then it was like here all the good cards were at low rarity. Like yep. there was no incentive to open Lightning Overdrive once you got your diviners because like well everything's a common or lower like everything's common yep. or super. So at the end of the first <laughs> yeah at the end yes. of the first six months we were in a format where the best decks were Zodiac Tri Brigade was I think the best deck by far, and then the second other good decks were pure prank kids with triple meow meow moo. You had Drytron with Mubeta, I think, was a high contender. And then you had yeah. your usual suspects, your Eldritch Dogmatica invoked variants. Were Dragon Link. Up. Dragon um, Link was still very good, and Dinosaur was still very good. Dinosaur I, was I, really good. I'd yeah. say those were the best decks of the format. And June 21st was our mid-year ban list. So generally the list that, that tames the, I would say, past year's decks and moves forward into like the Megaton meta, where we all play the new decks. And I think... This list was exceptionally good at accomplishing this. This has some really long coming changes, like some stuff people have been asking for every list since 2018. So the first things that happened were they banned Guard Dragon LP. Yeah, uh, this made sense. Um, I believe this was at the point where dragons had finally utilized and figured out the combo of spheres, hot red, savage, tidying. Yeah. This was that deck. An unbreakable board with one of every summoning mechanic on it, basically. And then Striker Dragon, the utility of Rocket Recharger, yep. getting things back for free. That was crazy. So, And then LP, just giving yourself so many good arrows was... yeah. Well, was LP represented the classic recovery play where you would get to a Red-Eyes Darkness Metal Dragon uh, off of a Spheres if you got into Beard, which would reborn a card that then, then makes LP that then, you know, like you'd basically be able to rebuild your entire board off of your Spheres being outed by Nibiru. So Nibiru did effectively nothing against Dragon Link unless you had Ash Blossom. So LP being banned and uh, later on in this list as well on the Dragon Link topic, Striker Dragon being limited meant that if you disrupted the deck, it wasn't as good at recovering and they didn't have the follow-up of normal a dragon make Striker Dragon full combo Yeah, that it did before. So good riddance. This card was a plague of many formats, whether or not it was summoning uh amorphages in pendulums it was summoning you know extenders in dragon link you at, could and you could get prime, guru off of it which is hilarious yeah at its prime things like the you know the the rose dragon stuff yep this was kind of like a hangover from link cross being banned like yeah. these link ones that ruined formats or at least made formats really monotype all kind of need to go they and we see that in every list they kind of clock some kind of link one yeah, uh, Dryden also being one of those. Crazy. Um, Dryden going... Well, hang on, Joe, Joe wants yeah. to say something. 
Oh, no, that's right. I was more on the topic of LP. I was just going to say that yeah. I remember even back in 2019 playing my Pendulum deck, people were calling for that card to be banned. So it was like, yep. Yep. Kind of a very, very long time. Like I said, you play. summon Sloth at the end of your combo, and everyone's like, cool. Yeah. So you've got. What do I do? Appaloosa, Endymion, Jackal King, Sloth. Yeah. Amazing. I, I remember yeah. Ruben, I was playing Heroes, he would make Avramax Sloth, and it's like, so I don't I'm get dead. to attack it. I can't use the extra deck. I can't target Avramax. What do I do? Like, it really locked you out of the game. So LP, yeah. LP's been a problem for a long time. Yeah. And then a car that came back and lived a year. Yep. Not even, it feels like. Was Zodiac Dryden. Um, this, the best Link one ever printed. Yeah, the best Link one ever printed. <laughs> um, this was crazy. Uh, I mean, Zodiac Dryden going was so needed, it wasn't even funny. Because Zeus Turbo yep. was also a dick in this format. And making the Zeus Turbo deck go first, they went amazing. Dryden set four pass. Yep, it dealt with any kind of floodgate that wasn't there can be only one. So like before you make the Zeus, if you get goes and matched, you just Dryden pop the floodgate uh, summon limit you make dryden you pop the floodgate it outed everything so you were able to get to your combo yeah and then it's an exceed monster for zeus yeah <laughs> it was a problem it was a problem yeah. back when it was printed it was it became a problem when it came unbanned and here we are a year later after it came was released yep. in 2020 and it went i don't think i dropped a match with zodiac tri brigade in events when dryden was legal no that was because your end board was Rugal Revolt Dryden. Yep. Anything to out it is crazy. And you would just not use the Revolt. Like, Dryden, Rugal, plus a hand trap usually stopped people. And then it's like, all right, now when you flimsily try to end on, like, two back row, now I'll Revolt. Now I'll Shireg your back row. Then I'll search two cards. It was so broken. And then also Dryden had combos with Ram Ram to get to, like, a one-card, three-material... Uh, like Infinitrack Fortress Megaclops, which some decks were abusing as well. So yep. this card was just a problem. They should never have brought this back. Um, it's the best Link one ever printed. One Zodiac monster. One Zodiac monster. <laughs> and then limited. We had... Um, this was a pretty interesting limit as well, because yep. not only did this check some of the current things, it brought back some, I mean, I hate to say it, ghosts from the past. Yeah, yeah, we had a limit of the dinosaur all-star Miscellaneousaurus. The return of Skullcrabat Joker, the performer pal Stratos, that was banned forever. The limit of Striker Dragon, and then the return of Toss favorites Mirage Stalio for Salamangrate and Engage for Sky Striker Mobilize Engage. The, the brainworms of Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, as one streamer called another. Engage coming back was always kind a joke. of it was like a joke. Everyone would say, like, we can bring Engage back, and then there'd be half the community going. No. No, it would be too good. Even at one, like it would be broken. Right? It is a lot like Maxi, but unlike Maxi, you can put it to one. Maxi at one is not okay, but no. Engage is... F it's better than it being at three. <laughs> yeah. Three is a problem. I, this card's a one-off card till the end of time, in my opinion. Until they print something better. Yeah. Mm. Like, that's absolutely the truth, and they won't, because Engage is a plus, is a plus one. Yeah. Engage, engage is a plus one. Engage is a plus one at minimum. If you if you open it and then Kagari it back, it's like a plus three. So yes. It, it was... <sighs> yeah. Man. The, out of the, out of the uh, section of limited cards, the Miscellaneousaurus for me was kind of the one that was like... Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want, would want to see kind of Dino reign supreme after Scrapter, but I felt like they didn't get enough time to like actually they use... Had, the they had time. But, they had three years to be top. <laughs> yeah, Misk came back. 
it was at yeah, one yeah. at the end of TKDYZ format and was limited that world's list. And then like this, like it coming back meant dinosaurs were crazier than ever. And then you couldn't interact with Scrap Raptor. I, I can't think of a New Zealand Yu-Gi-Oh event that dinosaurs didn't come first or second at for like two years. I legitimately think they topped every single New Zealand event. And, and honestly, a lot of countries could probably share that with their local events. This deck wasn't like a YCF threat. It wasn't a world's threat. But it was just the most impactful thing you could be doing in a four-round tournament to a six-round tournament in mm. every format. Like, oh, I summon UCT, I get past all of your proactive interaction, and then all of your negates are useless. I'll just attack over your entire, be- entire board, right? Yeah. That's like mm. the theory. And Misk made that so much stronger because it's like, oh, you have proactive interaction? Well, guess what? You never did. Because Misk in hand protect from nowhere, it wouldn't even have to be searched because you just have three of it, would just bypass Imperm, Gamma, Ash, everything. Yeah. So unfair. This card needed to be banned. Yeah. Or limited, I guess. Limited yeah. is fine. Limited is so fine. Because at one, it's fine. Because you yeah. either have to, they either have to find it or you or they open it. The most broken was when your dinosaur opponent would go, normal Overaptor, I'll search baby. Because they have Misk. You know, that's, that's when you knew you were screwed. <laughs> mm. It never yeah. mattered. Yeah. Um, and I think the most, like the fast, the last thing to talk about on this limited was the return of Mirage Salio. Um, like this Ooh. did bring Salamangrate actually quite back uh, during this format. Yeah. As I keep saying, it's like the tier two deck no one plays. It's really good. Yeah, Salamangrate saw success immediately after Salio returned. Um, it's still lost to the same cards being Nibiru, but at the end of the day, like the Stalio really facilitated just so much more setup. Uh, obviously, in its part in its prime, you still as 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 now. You still had the access to Dweller Lines with the Stalio. Um, it was amazing. I mean, I took this deck uh, to Hobbies once it came back to one, and I won my Yu-Gi-Oh! Day with it. You didn't lose a match either. Uh, yeah, I was not dropping games with Stalio, with, um, with Salamangrate once Stalio came back, because it was just so cool to see it back. And I Great. think um, it was also really like, bo- like a huge boon to people who had the deck in the day. You know, we discussed about it in like our structure deck of like podcast. This was the best budget deck you could have played. So I'm sure the people who had yep. this still lying around were like, my, I can yep. play a game. And then the other card to come back, Engage. Sky Striker is currently a relevant deck. I don't think necessarily because they have Engage, it is a help. I think they are just the best, as we discussed earlier this morning, Ruben, the best thing you can be doing on top of something else. And yeah. we saw that a little bit with Dragoon when, uh, I think that a couple of decks were playing that in the YCS top cut. Mm. And we were like, ugh, like Dragoon and Sky Striker. It, you know, it uses your EMZ. But people were just like, look, Dragoon plus Widow Anchor, like, you know, you can win the game off of the back of that. And they're right. Now we have Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer, which is like a plus five. So, and it. Yeah, it, yeah, I, it, I agree. It, it was, thing, it was so, yeah. crazy. Uh, and then moving on to semi-limited, we don't have to spend long on this. Double Iris Magician went from one to two. It means you can search both Pendulum Graphs in the same turn. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, cool. Needed. Uh, I don't think you need more than two Double Iris either. I think it could be at three. Wouldn't change a thing. And uh, in fact, later on, Konami agreed. And then Unlimited, Symbol of Heritage, baby. Lone Fire Blossom is back. Yeah. But Soul Charge is still banned, so who cares? Like, yeah, no, realistically, no. this changes nothing. It's cool to see it back. I mean, it is technically premature burial um, with a massive, massive deck building restriction. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's premature burial. You can do it. 
Um, interesting, this card never even saw play in the equip spell deck when it was no. at one. Um, that could search it. So it being at three just matters very, very little. So, and yeah, moving on yeah. to the second half of the year, officially. This, um, well, this did mess up the format. Obviously, Dragon Link yeah. and Dinosaurs went away. Tri Brigade and Drytron persisted as the best decks, and everyone sort of was looking around like, what's next? Like, we, still, we seem to still be playing the Phantom Rage Same. decks. You know, Phantom yeah. Knight's still around. We can play that. Virtual World is very much still around. You can play that. And the next set to come out, King's Court, changed nothing. <laughs> yeah. You want to talk about King's Court, Joe? Uh, Utopic Draco Future was a Utopic Draco Future. And a couple of more Woo! collectors rest. Lightning Storm, <laughs> reprint. Yeah. It, uh, it, Utopic it Draco Future bad. is hilariously not overpowered. It kind of just sits in the realm of, I, I think, like Borrowload Savage Dragon or Appaloosa as like, yeah, this is pretty good. You make it, you feel good. It negates something. It never controls the game on its own. Um, I guess it can't be destroyed by battle or card effects. Does come up, but I mean, everyone's playing Imperm and stuff, so it's not unoutable. It's very easy to get past. And that's it. King's Court introduced the Joker Knight archetype, which um, is the third best as old deck of the format. <laughs> uh, but moving on to the next core set, uh, Joe, you could probably talk a little bit more about this. This has one of your kind of new pet loves in it. Yeah, so in August, uh, August the 12th, we saw Dawn of Majesty. So that was a big set, like, for me, just because I was hyped up for Despia. Um, we saw Aluba in there being the main card that I wanted from the set at the time. It wasn't really a chase card, I would say, for most people. Like, most people, I think overall the set, we can all agree, at the time of printing was pretty bad. Like, there wasn't... A hell of a lot in there. There was like it's the still bad, yeah, type. yeah. It ready just fusion. wasn't a lot of value. Like that's no. kind of. I think this is like, it's it's like a three-peat of the year. Like there wasn't much that was like the crazy value of the set. Like sure, Alibur was really powerful, as you said, and is the entire core of um, uh, the branded uh, spells or Despia, as it was mistranslated in the EU. Mm. Um. But yeah, this again is another set just thirsty for value. Like B Troopers came out as well, which was like another archetype that I played for a little bit, but like obviously that's turned into a disappointment since. But like I don't know, the the only card in there that's like one of those cards where we might look back in the future and say, hey, that's a really good card is Ready Fusion. Like there might be yeah. something that comes out later on where it gets abused and you need a set of Ready Fusion, and all of a sudden that card from Dawn of Majesty that no one cracked is like a hundred dollars you know that, that that's i think the only thing i can see really that deck will be thunder dragon if colossus comes back in my opinion that is the deck for mm -hmm. ready fusion because it's three copies of titan and currently the deck can already just use that to make titan but they don't have the colossus to kind of protect it because the strength mm -hmm. of colossus titan is of course they're very hard to out and you don't get to search for an out yeah. so yes zeus and cards like that exist now that would make it easier to beat the colossus titan board but, you know, Titan can proactively pop cards that would make a Zeus and control the board that way. Not to mention the deck can still play Dimension Shifter. So I could see that being a pretty cool card in the future. Um, okay. It's also like the best tuner extender in the game right now. Yeah. Just hmm. free. Let's Pay a thousand life points to get a tuner. Being the other card, um, come April time when we get the uh, yes. instruction deck will be another card that people will be rushing around to get. 
the new Alistair. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's already reminiscent. That costs like 18 New Zealand dollars now. Alistair? Like, yeah. Yep. That can't be true. I'm, I'm live researching this. There's no way that card is that expensive. They are very expensive because I think this again suffers a problem with like, um, you know, Blazing Vortex and Lightning Overdrive. Kind of everyone got their cards and they went, no, we're good. Someone yeah, you're not wrong. This yeah. is a 55 US dollar card in Near Mint. It was always yeah. expensive because this, this set was starved for value. But of course, with the announcement of Branded Fusion, it's all changed. Or just like the announcement of like, not even like yes that but even like the more support in burst of destiny it was like okay well this is most likely the deck to have something going forward yeah because you had the things like branded and red ad libitum like we saw that already have been released in japan i guess hot take this is the orcist of this storyline in the same way that orcist in the world legacy storyline was the last thing that got really good yeah. yeah and they were the villain archetype that ended up getting the crazy stupid broken cards right at the end that's this that's this deck this is the orcus this will be i mean i put like the next tier zero deck in the in the last video just to kind of get people's attention but i think this engine alaba plus branded fusion will be the most played thing when it comes out and it's already yeah. doing numbers yeah. in japan it's gonna overtake dpe as like the generic i mean you can make dpe with it but it'll overtake that as the generic do a thing plus your deck engine mm. And Alibur is an incredible Stratos. I mean, that's something that DPE doesn't have. A Stratos for its fusion spell. Yeah. And the fact that you yeah. can like special it off branded opening as well. Like it, it's you, you essentially yep. run six copies of Alibur in your deck. Like it, it, it's gonna be an insane. And three deck. copies of branded fusion. So nine copies yeah. of the card you'll search. I mean, it's yeah. nuts. It's crazy. And then finally you had things like Sunny Snitch, again, more live twin support, kind of preluding the support that was gonna be coming out in the next core set. Um, also another set that was kind of a clunker for Starlights, like, okay, Starlight yeah. Stardust was pretty cool. Really backing it up. But the Starlight Shooting Majestic Star Dragon wasn't too good. Again, Protecting they, Spirit. they skipped Ready Fusion. They skipped Alaba, like the cards that would yeah. be cool Starlights. And like, it was come like, on. What else was there? It was like Iris Sword Soul, which is cool now. Like, I'd love to see it. Like, I'd love to have an Iris Sword Soul now. But like, yeah. again, and then like Lower Geth and then Messiah was kind of oh the, man messiah yeah. talk about bad pendulum cards yeah and then i guess moving on from the um from this corset uh gives us kind of one of the most anticipated products of the year um definitely something that people look out for every mm. single time um they've been a staple for years and this is the megatons um this obviously was a huge reprint of uh sets from the ignition assault all the way to phantom rage uh, including some genesis impact as well and some structure decks and which some, is which was a first time thing very unique so it included your products from ignition assault to genesis impact and then so that was all so that's for for those it's ignition assault eternity code rise of the duelist a phantom rage you had reprints of structured it cards. That was the Shadol and Sacred Beasts. Mm -hmm. um, and then you had Genesis Impact. And I, I don't believe there was any other deck building yeah, set reprinted. Yeah. Uh, Secret Slayers. Oh, yes. Yeah, Secret we Slayers. Got Apologies. Adamantipeta reprints. Now, every year we get to this point and we do have to ask the question, was the Megatin ass? Last year, I don't think the Megatins were that good. This year? Opinions? Uh, thoughts? Rating out of 10? Were... What do you guys think? I'd give them like a 6.5. I'd probably go 7. Yeah, I'd Maybe probably go... That's yeah. A, yeah, that's a pretty good... That's pretty much where I would I, go. I was going to go like 8. I reckon these were very good. And I would just pin that right down to Triple Tactics Talent, Nadir Servant, 
Divine Arsenal, AA Zeus. Uh, Alpha. Alpha, the, the Master of Beasts. Oh, yeah. okay. The entire Tri-Brigade deck, the entire Virtual World deck, plus things like Adamant's Pater Researcher. Like, there was just a lot that was I'm out of people's speak, reach really. that this... That yeah. this I do think the lack of promos keeps it from being a 10. I do think the the missed inclusion of Forbidden Droplets and Access Code Talker. And Lightning Storm. Well, Lightning Storm got a reprint in King's Court, so yeah. that was expected. The miss on those two was devastating, and we're seeing that now with the reprint of Droplet in Brothers of Legend being $150. The reprint of Access Code in gold already hitting $80, $85. These are not Megaton reprints. For reference, the highest price card in the Megatons is triple tactics talent at 60 bucks a card that was 150 before the printing so uh yeah i guess maybe it is closer to a seven it's not a knock it it's out a bit it's product. a bit defo um and then obviously this um turn introduced the uh import of one of the most impactful cards in the ocg uh and one of the probably the lowest impact cards this moment in time in the tcg it was cross out designator um obviously we all scrambled to get our sets because we understood this card is insane uh, having purchased it, I have probably used it once in a match, uh, and that would have been in testing alone. I never used it when I took it to a, an event, um, but yeah. uh, it sits in a really unique. Oh, you, you played it in Drytron. You did, uh, but I never activated it. That's true. But you yeah. did take it to an event. I did take you it did to an event open with Crossout. And is had great. you opened it in some hands, it would have been good. Absolutely. Um, and I think that it sits in a really interesting format, like an interesting time, because right now our format is very diverse and very mid-range and Crossout is 100% for a combo-centric, combo-tastic format. Yeah. I stand by what I said about Crossout in its preview. I still don't like what this card represents from a design standpoint. I'm not going to back down on that just because it hasn't been oppressing the format and controlling everything. Um, one of my biggest problems with Yu-Gi-Oh! is the amount of kind of patching holes they have to do to make the format playable. And a card like Called by the Grave previously was, in my opinion, a bad solution to just add a card that was a gotcha for a gotcha, making it so that you just really couldn't interact with combo decks if they drew the Called by. It's like, oh, cool, you drew the Called by. That was such a fun experience. Um, I love that I bothered to side against you because it didn't matter. You drew Called by. Same with Red Reboot, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. cool. You played Red Reboot. I guess my trap deck loses. Ha. Huh? And that was a terrible experience. So Crossout still represents, to me, a, a design perspective based on uninteractive experiences where you make educated decisions against your opponent's deck. And because they happen to draw a card that outs it, yes, they had to include it in their deck profile. I think Crossout's healthier than Called By for that reason. But because Called By was just a mandatory three of in so many decks it still creates that play experience. So mm. I don't think it's oppressing us. I don't think OCG is upset about Crossout because it prevents them from their least interactive play style, that being Max C. You know, it's almost an opposite effect in Japan where it's like, oh, Crossout lets me play Yu-Gi-Oh. Mm. Yeah. Here, playing Yu-Gi-Oh is a, is a balance of hand traps and on-field presence. And this card does swing that more in the favor of, ah, screw it, just on-field presence. Forget about interacting with your opponent. Mm. Just play board breakers. And I mean, we did see that when this card came out. A lot of people switched to board breakers. And while we have been moving back to hand traps, you might say that the fact that people are still heavy on board breakers is because this card exists. Yep. And it can answer board breakers. You can't you can... just play 15 hand traps. No, not anymore. Um, and you can, this can answer board breakers too. You can cross yep. out Dark Lords. You can cross out Evenly Matched. Like, there's so much it can do. Um, I just don't think right now it's going to be applied. But I no. think in the future, absolutely. 
It's also worse against board breakers because if you play it to stop Nibiru, you can't set it. And that's yeah. another huge thing is Maxi comes down at the start of the combo. Nibiru happens at the end, which means in Japan, it's a lot easier to go, I've drawn a cross out. Attempt to special summon. No, Maxi? Cool. End of the turn, I'll set this. Nibiru is not as big of a problem in Japan. So that also could be contributing to its, uh, its lessened impact. You can't set it as mm. freely in decks that lose to Nibiru. Mm. I think it would definitely be a huge card. Like, we've spoken about it so much in the podcast, and like, yeah. The- yeah, this is the, uh, the cross-out podcast as we've established <laughs> ourselves as. And then moving on, uh, I guess, Joe, yeah, the, our last, uh, the last ban list of the year. What happened here? It's a tiny one. Yeah, I remember the October ban list because we did our first uh, painful choice together. Uh, mm. And we all... We got everything right. Bio, the, the, <laughs> <laughs> I just remember like we did the painful choice and then the next day the ban list came out or on those lines. It was, um, I believe, we recorded before the ban list. Yes. We recorded before the ban list. And about the OCG ban list, yeah. The OCG ban and we went, oh, okay, the ban list won't come out for probably like another week. Th- that Monday it came out. And then on Tuesday mm. we put out a salty episode. <laughs> yes. Right. On Tuesday we put out our episode and then Wednesday we put out the run back, which people loved. Yeah. Uh, so, so this was, yeah. So what happened here? It wasn't a huge ban list. Uh, I, know, I think it didn't really affect everything, but we'll, it, too much anyway. Uh, so we'll move on to the ban section. We had one card being Zodiac Barrage. Um, yeah, it was a yep. weird hit by an army. Like, yep, putting Zodiac more banned than when they yep. were in 2017, you which must, is crazy. You must normal summon your Zodiacs, please. We beg of you. Yeah. <laughs> Stop summoning them from the deck and getting a free Zeus. I understand it. Yeah, I guess it was like, eh, it was a meh hit, you know, like it, it, it did a little bit. I think the Dryton, dry, sorry, the Dryton bit earlier in the year did more, mm-hmm. whatever. I think it, most people in this ban list were just upset that IO wasn't on the ban list. Um, yep, that's, yep. The, that's the bit we got the most from it people are still asking for it looking at other people's uh, painful choice style videos that they stole from us um, <laughs> have been <laughs> have been asking for Imperial I know we invented the idea of a ban list video it's crazy but they've been asking for Imperial Order to be banned again which is funny because it's not showing up as much possibly for the same reason that Dragon Link stopped showing up as much and Salamangrate isn't showing up People are just really bored of activating yeah. IO, I think. That and it's not quite as strong, but it's still an extremely one-sided Vanity's Emptiness style card. So mm. I can see why people still want it banned. Yeah, mm. so moving on to Limited, we had another hit for Drytron, which has probably been the most hit deck of the year, I'd say. And it was Eva to one. Hilarious, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eva... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it did much, really. Like... No, no, no. The problem with Drytron is that they were the biggest abusers of specific cards this year. Yeah. While Tri Brigade was, I think, the best deck throughout the year overall, it's still, I believe, the best deck or second best deck of the format. It never really, I mean, I guess Barrage and Dryden do fit in that category, but Drytron used Union Carrier, it used Ben 10, it used Eva, it used Diviner, it uses Herald of Ultimateness, it uses, you know, ritual support cards like Preparation of Rights, like so many cards that over the years have been limited, banned, problematic, or otherwise like badly designed. Yeah. No, so yeah. It, it makes sense it's had the most hits. Yeah. Mm. And then finally, uh, Prank Kids got a hit. 
which was kind of a long time coming because that, that deck was dominating quite a few formats. I mean, and... three words, one card starter. Yeah. That's, that's that what the stick was. What they kind of went to go and hit in this list where they limited Meow Meow Mew to one. Mm-hmm. Their link one, um, surprise, surprise, the link one that needs to be banned. Well, yeah. Limited in this case. Yeah. And I, I mean, at the time, I think we talked about it and there was a few hits that Prank Kids uh, could have received at the t- uh, And I believe we chose a few different cards and they ended up going with the Meow Meow. Um, I feel like the deck's still really good. Connor's definitely showing that the deck's still very playable. Yep. Um, Cheese, TCG, definitely yep. still proving its success. I think our uh, the overall call was this one was um the fusion spell. It was the fusion yeah. spell or the chicken, I think is what we... Or the link two. It was the yeah, access no, to the fusion spell. But Konami just went, mm, how about one card starters? Mm. We can't have that anymore. It seems like what they decided was you're allowed to do this combo one time. That was what yeah. they decided was... Which, to be fair, is what we were saying with Dodo Doodle Doo and the Fusion Spell. Similar idea. Mm. Let them do the one-card starter combo once. And then after that, Prank Kids need to use everything else um, to come back. But where they've excelled, I think, is in playing things like Thunder Dragon Fusion, like Monster Reborn, World Legacy Succession, Parallel Exceed. They've just found so many ways to find follow-up mm. that aren't just mm. reusing this Meow Meow Moo over and over again. Because before, they just add back one Prank Kid, and you knew next turn they were just going to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and finally, there was uh, one more limit, which was Fire Formation Tanky, which is probably, I think, one of the more notable hits for um, Tribrigade at the time, because it definitely hindered the consistency of the kind of pure Revolt version. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter now, because they've got Luralus to go alongside them. But... <laughs> they got three more rotors, funnily yeah. enough. Yeah, and so I think, point, like, yeah. Tanky going to one. I, I, I mean, I still stand by, I believe what I said in, in this episode when we react to this banner, this won't be forever. No way. Um, I think mm. that they will, in the future, have another Beast Warrior deck they want to sell, and this is just the easiest thing to come back off. Um, is, it a, is it a plus one on activation? Absolutely. But how many plus one on activations are still legal and running around? Meltdown. Many. <laughs> so at this point, it, was, it's, it wasn't, Tinky wasn't the culprit, Beast Warriors were the culprit. And this was kind of the synergistic. And also, again, this was the ban list right after the Megatons. So they weren't going to hit Tri Brigade directly because it, it directly inhibits their ability mm. to sell product. Nor should they. I mean, the Tri exactly. Brigades are inherently limited by the fact that only one of them is a free special summon. And it's not even free. You need a discard. Every other mm. Tri Brigade is just either fodder in the graveyard or a normal summon that does something. And we haven't seen a normal summon that does something be limited or banned in what feels like years. Yeah. Uh, semi-limit section was a bit tasteless, OCG. I yeah, a bit yeah, OCG, like, yeah. Yeah, Nessie to two. Cool. cool. Uh, Skullback Joker to two. Kind of cool for the three players, next list, but guaranteed. Yeah. And then Eteli to two. I mean, Oof. it's seen a little bit of change around, but like it hasn't really affected things as much as what we probably discussed back in that podcast. Mm. I think I disagree. I think there's been at least like two meta or meta relevant decks that can play e-telly mm. so and i'm not even talking about virtual world here i think the um synchro eldritch deck that's been topping with sire reflector like actually is relevant as well as phantom knights who are obviously the main culprit but i think e-telly has like very solidly shown up in a lot of decks and represents yeah. essentially another free as heck 
Halka Fibrax, which we don't need more of because, uh, you know, that combo still exists. Aurorodon is still legal. And with the introduction of the adventure tokens next mm-hmm. year, mm-hmm. will be a massive problem. I mean, there aren't many outs to Aurorodon if you can't Nibiru, you know? Mm. So, I, yeah, Itali still sits weirdly to me. It's just like, how is Tanky being limited and Itali being semi limited on the same list? It's a bit weird here. Yeah. It's a wee bit strange. But you know what? That's kind of okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for them to experiment. Like, it's almost cooler if they just went, ah, screw it, Itali to three immediately. What happens? Yeah. Because we're sitting here with it semi-limited, seeing it show up and going, ooh, if it goes to three, then will it be a problem? You know, we don't know. So, mm. kind of weird. And finally, in the unlimited section, we had double Iris Magician. Cool. You're yeah, cool. Moving on. Moving on. You only need two. You only need two. Hilariously. Three yeah. is a brick. Well, like, you don't want to draw two. <laughs> like, you want to basically be cycling through these during your combo with other cards. So, yeah. This is Three's a fine. One. Again, Shadow of Pendulum Magician passed. Yeah. There are much more problematic cards on the ban list that would need to come off for this to even have a hint of relevancy. Yeah. And then we are through then the, year got good. <laughs> the bad sets. Uh, on my birthday came a semi-decent booster box. I'm not even going to call it great. It was just okay. And that is Legendary Duelists 8, Synchro Storm. Oh, after literally 10 months of agony product-wise. You could finally realistically pull money. $40. Yeah, you could pull something that was one and that was two a case. Because you ain't pulling Baron. Yeah. Uh, That was like insane. But Baron is a good card. And the Lyralisk support in this set. Chef's kiss. Incredible. Um, Every card except for the trap is good. (laughs) Yeah. Even the uh, continuous spell that the meta deck doesn't play. It could. You really could. And people did. We, you know, we can discuss it, but, you know, Eli came top four on pure and that's a card he plays because you just draw a card. (laughs) If you ever draw two cards off of uh, the Bird Sanctuary, you should win the game. Absolutely. Which is awesome. I have to kind of laugh a little bit that the best deck that came out of a Synchro Storm is an XYZ-based strategy. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty you know, good one, eh? You know, yeah. you're not wrong. They were just like, here's yeah. some Xyz. Uh-oh. Oops, lol. It not turns a synchro out Synchro deck. is weaker than Xyz. It's like um, yeah, they so got the, uh, yeah, the Pepper that's Shaker. So funny. And they dropped so the Xyz in there. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great one. I mean, the best thing that came out of Toon Chaos was a Fire Warrior deck. So, you know, they have precedent <laughs> with messing this up. And a spell that had Chaos in its name. Um... Yeah, so this obviously introduced uh, Baron de Fleur, another Fleur archetype, but really just Baron. Uh, and then the Luralisk support that was, um, wow, actually made the deck. Uh, it this, gave it a win con. It gave it a win con, it gave it interruption, and it gave it recursion and extension, which is everything it needed. And it's yeah. amazing. It used to lose to, like, threatening raw. Yes. <laughs> like, it, it lost to battle phase interaction. It was so bad until this came out. Um, yeah, what a set. Um, this, I think, is, you know, we've had a couple of, we had a clunker of a legendary duelist being Rage of Ra, and uh, this is right back up to something like Magical Hero. Yeah, thank or, God they um, brought Short Prince back, you know? Yeah, love Short Prince. Um, you will always be able to pull Bird Calls and all your Luralisk Ultras because they were not shorted, but Baron's, I don't know about that one. Um, and what a set to segue into because Baron completely synergized with the final corset of the year, I think probably the best release of the year. Uh, I would probably can. I'm happy to discuss that one. 
Um, this was our final course of the year being Burst of Destiny. It's not close. This is the best one. Yeah, this best set one is amazing. Um, I can't believe this is this was the last set. Uh, and what a what a way to finish the year. Um, introducing so many new archetypes and strategies. For, for a few, Sword Soul, an entire deck based on synchro summoning and tokens. Fluanderies, an entire deck based on normal summons. Strategies such as Lord of Heavenly Prison for back row decks giving protection. Destroyer Phoenix Enforcer as one of the best fusion summon targets every in deck, the in game yeah. in every, every deck, deck. playing that card. L- Live Twins finally getting their payoff in Trouble Sunny. A card that can literally search anything apparently if you live in the US and have the judges rule that undefined values can be used <laughs> to use Small World. Um, Small World's, yeah, Small World's the funniest one because it was announced and kind of dismissed by us um, directly and yeah. now I am playing it in a deck. I still think it's a really average card, but it is a consistency booster. I will give it that for long events. I think it is a really good thing if you just need to draw average. Yeah. Um, I think is what it is good at. It's not as good as Pot of Desires or Pot of Prosperity for drawing well, because you do go down one card, but it, for drawing averagely across a long form event, Small World is crazy. Yep. Yeah. Search so anything. <laughs> I think any deck that runs like a lot of hand traps as well can like utilize a small world. But like I'm finding in myself and testing like certain decks where you really do require like two card combos, anything bigger than that, like it can be a bit yeah. you know, just bad, I suppose. I, I personally think Lyrilus Tri Brigade, it is pushing it. Because you do mm. need discards for Karas. You want extra birds in hand to summon off of bird calls. Like you don't really want to lose an extra bird in hand, but it does sometimes get you Warbler when you open Cobalt. And, and mm. I think that's like where it's been showing up the most. It's also seeing play in, um, you know, you can play it in Dragon Link, you can play it in Sword Soul, you can play it in Adamancipator. It has seen other uses for finding those really broken cards that get you plus four anyway. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah what a fabulous set. Incredible Ecclesia, Banger Starlights, um, finally as well. <laughs> that we own like nine of. This yeah. is like the, the first time the Floodgate broke. Yeah. And we were like, Yo, Starlight Stratos, Starlight Ecclesia. Yeah, okay. Starlight Chizhou, Starlight Snow. This was, yeah. Zero wow. misses on the Starlights. Yeah, yeah Trouble really Sunny. Oh, yeah. The M-Pen maybe over Snow, but like apart from that. Yeah, that's true. M-Pen yeah. should have been the Starlight. But M-Pen was the um, uh, sneak peek promo, promo, so. Yeah. yeah. They kind of did give it its own treatment. They, they should have flipped that. Snow should have been the pre-release promo. Yeah. Yeah, sure. But it, it, it not only it looks bad, it's just it's the one everyone doesn't play. So yeah. it's kind of sad that the Starlight is cut from lists. At this and, moment in time. And it could have been Empen, the one that literally every list has to play because it searches your starters it and is, extenders. It is us also just nitpicking something. Like, because there is this, this is almost a perfect set, I would say. Like, yeah. it, it capped off all those bad sets and kind of almost redeemed the year. Almost. Very much. <laughs> yeah. And, it, you know, it felt like, you know, Dawn of Majesty, it was like that was the DLC mm. to the main mm. game that was Burst of Destiny. It almost felt like they almost yeah. should have come around the other way. But I'm so happy that it came out the way it did because yeah. this was a fabulous set. And this set also has low rarity stuff in it that is good. We talked about all the high rarity stuff, but if you wanted to play a really budget deck, pick up Magicky. It's like 50 bucks and the boss monster is a super rare in this set. 
He's cracked. Yeah. He's crazy. He, you know, he's like two interrupts on his own. Yeah, we're gonna drag like we're dragging them now, but Ice Jades have a really viable strategy coming yeah. out in Battle of Chaos, and those Tremoras are very accessible. They, they, they are have a, a non-once per turn rotor that's a super yeah. rare. Um so it's but again, it's just like so accessible. Things like the um Reptilian stuff, we're seeing more True. reports, some re- t- reptile support coming out. So that Reptilian is a not once per turn make your opponent's attack zero, which if you pair it with Runei's Pendulum Dragon is better Appaloosa. Yep. It, that is technically true. It's a new FTK that came out as well with the little dog. That's true, yeah. Yep. You know what? <laughs> Stunning. Oh, the Markina Ruin Force FTK? Yeah, well, that's not yeah. the dog's fault. That's, that's Markina Ruin Force's fault, yes. yeah. which yeah. is a crazy card and topped several events. Markina topped because they missed out on having a win con besides Citadel, which often blew itself up anyway. And they were like, what if you just had a 4,600 attack point monster that prevented interaction during the battle phase? And then floated on destruction. <laughs> and wasn't once per turn to summon. Oops. Oops. Anyway. It's a level 10. Oops. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Cracker set. Uh, best release of the year. Um, a real synchro cracker, if you will. Yeah. A real <laughs> stunning release. Um, and then I think moving on to one of the, again, the reprint set that a lot of people do wait for, Joe. Yeah, I'm, it was maximum gold. Controversial gold rarity, and I hate gold, but like that's me just too. me. But like the set, if we're just looking at it from like a reprint standpoint, wasn't too bad. It was okay. Yeah. Like it had the access code, and that's the chase card. It had, had the verte, verte the alternate art IP, that, the band card. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> next week. Um, yeah. <laughs> It was. Um, I mean, I've seen a few of these packs being cracked, and my argument to why I think this set's bad is there's just not a lot of value. Like, well, I think the shortcoming of this one, if you compare it to the previous one, is that the previous one had staples galore. Mm. You had ashes, bells, ogres, lancias, lancias, N- uh, trolls, Nibiru's. imperms. Oh, Nibiru? Yeah, Nibiru was in the last one. Yeah, right? Nibiru. Yeah. Yeah. There Imperm, was yeah. Phantasme, Everything. It was like Dual Devastator two. Yeah. Kind of the last yeah. one. No, and, and I, I think, think this one as mm. well. I've been watching like people locally open the packs and like I mean I, I don't even know what the price point exactly is on these, but like you get free packs of them and it kind of reminds me of a ghost from the past in the way that you open free packs and you don't really feel like you've got value from you oh, know, it's, four packs. Four packs. Yeah. it's four packs. Four packs. Oh, it's four packs. Still, okay, not, yeah. Many. Yeah. Still, not, many. Still not many. Um yeah, which yeah, is funny because the original gold set you got one pack of like t- 25 cards yes yeah. where the original sets i think maybe i mean they've never been great but where the original sets have a bit of an edge is the wider spectrum of reprints they included mm. and i think what i'm missing from this year in general has been access to and this is me as an old format fan but you know those older format cards where are we getting reprints for them i do think we should have gotten instead of goes from the past or at least, you know, from what we got in that set, another Yugi's World, another Joey's World. Something another that, Legendary Collection yeah. 5 dates. We got the Speed Duel Battle City box, which reprinted Nobleman of Cross out, which was cool. But where is our reprint for Metamorphosis, Tribe Infecting Virus, Ryu Senshi? Uh, cards that people play all the time in GOAT format that I think the nostalgia collectors that are opening Maximum Gold and uh, Ghost from the Past would love. Like, imagine mm. you were cracking packs and it's like, oh, sick, I pulled a... An Opticlops, I pulled a Wingweaver, like cool old stuff that you just don't see anymore. 
which I think the old gold sets had. You know, you had a lot more just random stuff thrown in. Yeah, and you think of like King's Court, people were like over the moon when they saw Gravekeeper's Spy get reprinted. Yeah, everyone's like, that was That's huge, so cool because at rare, like, at rare, you had things like Pot of Duality. It's like, yeah, that's a card that just hadn't yep. been reprinted in like a good two years. And, and like Eldorado had Upstart Goblin in it, which is a much needed reprint, but it just yeah. didn't have anything beyond that. Mm, and even with these gold rares, well, but even then, well, that's not yeah. Like, but that's also a newer card. I, I think my point yeah. is that they should be doing if they're going to fill these sets with chaff that isn't worth anything, they should fill it with chaff that is also hard to find. Because I hate pulling like recent printed staples at a bad rarity from a set that I paid sixty dollars for four packs. Like it sucks. Yeah, yeah. I think there's like, like two versions of Firewall Dragon in here. At rare, gold rare. It's yeah. just like ooh, like I don't need that. Yeah, I've got the and ulti. <laughs> the one, the one thing I would say that's good about the set is it made like prank kids and eldritch really, really budget and affordable. That's true. I mean, they were already semi-budget affordable, but like it just eldlands were even still expensive. Eldlands were like sixty yeah. bucks, yeah. And prank kids had their expensive short prints, like place, like a uh, chicken dodo doodle. So this was yeah. nice, yeah. And like all the prank kids had like jumped up to like five bucks each because they were just like super is from a a deck building set from yeah. three years ago, like just not touched. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we can see like you know you can literally chuck forty dollars at a prank kids and do all right, you know. Yeah, come first, hey, beat striker. Turns yeah. out um, Pancratops is a really good card to draw, and so is Terratop. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not to shade Connor, his deck was really good. It was very good. He drew really cracked. It was insane. And then yeah, wrapping up the year. Um, a set that we still do not have in New Zealand, unfortunately, yeah, is Brothers of Legend, the Legend set of the year. And it feels late. I don't know why. It feels like Legend sets always come out way, way at the end. Um, mm. This one even feels later than like Heroes Revenge. I don't remember it being December when we got that. Armageddon was, I believe, yeah. September. I believe Heroes Revenge was like before Worlds in 2019. Like That's right, because they didn't have the cards for Worlds. Like They, yeah. couldn't, they couldn't play um, Vision Heroes or Old Mirage. Yeah, or Lambda one. or yeah. the BLS link. Um, this is interesting because it coming out way at the end of the year and with Grand Creators on the horizon feels very kind of afterthought for how important these two sets are going to be. There's a ton of stuff in this that kind of adds to or extends current strategies. Off the top of my head, we got Wing Requital, uh, and Bird Strike that could potentially see play in Luralist decks. Bird Strike itself being searchable and is kind of like a Dark Ruler no more. You have the entire Utopia Structure deck, which I was going to say during the Leov thing is hilarious because you don't play any of the Leov cards anymore. This deck just invalidates almost all of them. I yeah, think you, like Ascended you, Sage yeah. is the only one. You play still. Ascended Sage, you say one copy of uh, Pegasus Twin Saber, but like nothing else because this Brothers of Legend support is cracked. You have a rank four that summons from the deck. You have two new boss monsters um, and a better rank up magic spell than Zexal Force in, in Leov. So hilariously, none of that stuff is relevant besides Ascended Sage because it searches the new rank up magic. Mm. You have Altergeist Puquiri, which is far yeah. overdue to become it, here. We still don't have all that new support as well. We never, the, the set doesn't have Altergeist failover like no. this, it, but wow. <laughs> it, it unfortunately does not make Altergeist better. It makes them turn one Hextia viable and it can chain block your Meliuseek, but it doesn't like introduce the next form of Altergeist. No, uh, not so at all. It came out a little too late. I think Altergeist had a really good moment last year uh, as one of the dominant control decks. I think now it's a little bit 
power crept, it can't really effectively use Lord of the Heavenly Prison as well as other decks because of uh, Multifaker locking you out of summoning. Not that you always want to summon Heavenly Prison, but it's nice to have the option and not to conflict with your own engine. Well, and also Lord of the Heavenly Prison is like a is like a time is like a time sensitive plus one. Multifaker is just a plus yeah. one. So like Lord of the Heavenly Prison in other decks is setting cards like Fusion Destiny. It's setting cards like Pot of Extravagance for massive plus. In Altergeist, it can set spoofing, but at the cost of using Multifaker that turn, it's tough. So, unfortunately, yeah, I think it's come a little bit late for where trap decks have evolved to. Yeah, but it's a welcome add. And then reprints, we have Forbidden Droplet. Not a reprint. $150. Moving on. Reprints from LED6 have come down. They are like $60 to $70, which was mm. lower than the $150, $200 they were at. They're even lower now because of Season yeah. 3's announcement. Which, yes, they announced Legendary Duel of Season 3. Kind of cynically right after this set came out. So people scrambled to pre-order at like $100 for a Dusted Gold and then kind of got screwed by the fact that it's getting another reprint. Yeah. And Starlight... Dragoon. Yeah, this will obviously segue into our discussion next week, where we will be doing our painful choice. Um, uh, as a preface to that to that podcast, we are expecting an OCG ban list to be coming out within the next week. Um, whether that is an indication of what's happening here or not, we don't know. The OCG obviously have far more problems than we do. Um, mo- most notably, the uh, engines used as uh, the brave tokens or the adventurer tokens, as they are known in the TCG, as well as Fusion Destiny. Um, so it's quite likely that those those uh, bans, if they were to occur, wouldn't translate over. And I think for us, seeing a Starlight Dragoon just kind of solidified it's not getting banned. And that potentially yeah. another card related to the summoning of fusion monsters um, may see the chopping block if it was to occur. Because for reference also, you know, Dragoon is banned in the OCG. You don't see it because it's not legal. Yeah. One of them was printed in Starlight, and the other one was printed in Gold. Gold. (laughs) (laughs) Take from that what you will, everybody. Um, Yeah. Yeah, maybe they won't ban either of them. I'm not at liberty to say, because I'm not on time for Painful Choice. Do not contact me with Banlist. I am, you know, I'm only on the clock, baby. I don't, you know, I don't do this for fun. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just doing it for that sick paycheck every month. Am I right, guys? Yes, absolutely. Oh, my God. This thing's so lucrative. I, I... can't Crazy. Even list what? the amount of things that I've purchased with money from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think overall, Brothers of Legend, uh, a well, a welcome set. Uh, I don't think it's game breaking. I don't think it's meta warping. Yeah. Um, I think its inclusions are really unique. Um, and I think that going forward, as always, you will look back at this by next year and go, "Man, this was a good set. Yeah. Why don't we get more of it?" It's, but it's, at this moment in time. It's not really. It's nice to see a foily set. Yeah. I'm sad that yeah, they changed deck building sets to have rares and ultras. Uh, I miss the all foily sets because this is where you get like reprints of cards that you need and they look nice. Secret Slayers had Upstart Goblin, Solemn Judgment. It had really Track nice trick. Amazing. super rares. And getting them in rare in King's Court just doesn't feel the same. No. It, it's so lame. So getting a set that's like, oh, Downer Magician's in here. It's an ultra. Nice. Yeah, like Beatrice it, it's a, is no longer gold. It's a feel good. Yeah. I love it. So happy about that. I'm happy they've kept up the, the lineage of having these be all foil. I think well, damn. Yeah, that's the as year. As, yeah. As far as product goes for the year, and I think we can talk about sucked. this one card. <laughs> it sucked bad. <laughs> but I'm talking... As far as reprints go, I feel like Droplet is the one that was neglected the most. And yep. 
it's been the card it is right now, and like I, I believe card of the format at the moment. Yeah. Yep. It, it's hard to see like these budget players, like you know, or people. Yeah, it's not even budget players. Like a lot of people don't want to spend three hundred dollars on a set of three cards. Like that's a lot of money. Like, and oh, I just wish it just saw a reprint that brought it down to like triple tactics level, where you still have to spend sixty bucks. Yeah. But it's not that hundred hundred and twenty dollar card. Like it, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah. It, it is crazy, and I mean, like you know, we did skip over structured this year because they were not good. Um, yeah, we totally forgot to talk which about the uh, freezing fine, chains because, like, freezing chains did introduce nothing. The Egyptian gods were starter decks by definition, um, and they mm. really only reprinted Harpy's Feather Duster, um, and the Cyber Strike structure deck only reprinted Impermanence. It, this was not a year for structure decks, and I don't think like last year was a year for structure decks. This year was not. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was the problem is that like that's where you see these reprints some most of the time and you know it's unfortunate that those products were not in tandem what's your controversial opinion? controversial opinion is the fact that this year had a lot of lackluster releases part of the reason this format is so much fun probably because looking at the first six months of sets nothing because when we talk about like good releases like burst of destiny it's because they're full of really really stupidly powerful cards that are fun to play with but mm. Those kind of sets back to back to back to back are how we got Adam Anticipator Synchro Eldritch format. Having Secret Slayers right after Eternity Code, right after Dual Overload. Three incredibly high-powered sets full of fun tools that ended up being the most homogenous and boring format. The fact that all the sets this year have been really mid has been kind of cool. Like, lowered power level. Generally, I think decks are weaker than they were two years ago. I think Konami has always had a... I guess a bit of a pattern with like core sets where there is always the one core set that kind of defines the year. Like if you go back in time, you can probably pick out a core set each year uh, with the other ones being more like the DLC. Like we said, I just feel like this year it's been amplified a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Burst is just so much better than all the other sets that it's ridiculous. But so, yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. Like um, the current format we're in is super fun. It's going to be hard to, like, pick the ban list um, coming up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's the fact it's a January ban list and it's the first one kind of, I'm not going to say we're out of COVID, but, like, it's the first one where in-player tournaments are now more in full swing than they were I, I think the huge thing is that there is a YCS happening in January. Yes. Yeah, that's... A real-life YCS. That's going to be huge for whether or not Konami decides they need to nuke the format or not. Yep, absolutely. I mean, there's a remote to YCS going on right now. So mm, that's true. There's events going on as we speak that'll help be indicative of what's to come in the coming formats. Um, I'm going to do a fun little thing. Uh, I want everyone on th- three to say the best product of the year because I have a very strong feeling we're all going to say the same answer. So one, two, three. Burst of Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) You knew we were going to do that as well. It's obviously Burst of Destiny. Burst of Destiny, hands down. Um, The best set of the year uh, and like the hallmark for good sets. Uh, Another fun thing. You have to give us the answer to last week's ruling question. (laughs) I do. Yeah. So obviously um, I did ask the question last time. Uh, So the answer... Uh, in this, in the well, occasion, you read the question okay, again. I'll ask a question. You have to okay, read the whole so, thing because so the answer was Player A controls Mech Knight Avram with a current attack of forty four hundred in attack position and double and a double edged sword equipped to this Mech Knight Avram, which, which says both players take battle damage yeah. from battles involving this card and against two thousand attack. 
Yeah, and then player B controls Mystery Shell Dragon in defense mode with two equipped spells, Rod of the Mind's Eye and Big Bang Shot, which are both equipped to the player A's Avram. How much battle damage would each player take if player A's Avram attacked player B's Mystery Shell Dragon? And to those who did homework, Rod of the Mind's Eye says any damage dealt by the monster equipped with this card becomes 1,000. To your opponent. Exactly. So it's equipped to Avram, so it's obviously meant to make Avram deal 1,000. And then Big Bang Shot gives a monster piercing and 400 attack. Yeah. What is the answer? So in this situation, player A, the controller of the Avram, will take 1,000 points of damage, and player B, controlling the defense position Mystery Shell Dragon, will take 4,400 points of damage. So, because of Rod of the Mind's Eye, why is this not both players take 1,000 points of damage? Because Rod of the Mind's Eye is seeing the opponent is taking 4,400 points of battle damage. That is the first thing that happens because of piercing. Yeah. And Rod of the Mind's Eye will then substitute the damage that the opponent would take, which is the controller of the Avram, to 1,000. And as there is no effect that prevents the opponent, that can, the player that controls the Mystery Shell Dragon in defense mode to take a different amount of battle damage, they will take the full 4,400, which is a Avram equipped with Big Bang Shot and Double-Edged Sword. So what this illustrates is how simultaneous replacement effects are treated in Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. And there is a meta-relevant instance for this. It is uh, Lyrilisk Assembled Nightingale's effect in relation to Lyrilisk uh, Recital Starling, making both players take battle damage. Recital? I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, both players take the battle damage from attacks involving Recital Starling. Assembled Nightingale says, you, the player, cannot take battle damage. And this happened to me. I attacked into my opponent's monster and he said, since you're not taking battle damage and Recital says both players take the battle damage, I don't take any battle damage. Because of the way simultaneous replacement effects work, and I don't know the nitty gritty of how they are layered in terms of like which one takes precedent, you can have instances like this where one person and the other person experience a simultaneous replacement effect differently. Yes. (laughs) Isn't Yu-Gi-Oh fun, everybody? I love this game. Woo! Anyway, um, fun that was our fun ruling <laughs> question. Yeah. Someone will get that. Honestly, if that's just for us, that's just for us. Um, that's the rulings question for this week. Ruben, do you have another one? No. Okay. I'll do one for the painful choice because I think Sweet. it'll be relevant for the um, next yeah. one. So yeah, next episode yeah. we'll be discussing our if, painful choice. If you have... This is a fun thing we can do as well. If you have a painful choice of your own and you would like to send it in to thefacedowns at gmail.com, that's thefacedowns at gmail.com, we will read it on the episode. Yeah, or leave a comment yep. down below. Um, for, for reference, a painful choice is five changes to the ban list with one change that is radically going to shake up the format. That is a discussion point, but you have to make five realistic. Oh my God. Five <laughs> realistic. Do you hear that? Yes, of course we did. <laughs> Stunning. Five realistic changes to the ban list and we will read them. And then you the have air. the snatch steal. Which is... Yeah, that's the one radical the, change. So you, you make five changes that you would pick. We will pick one to yep. apply. And then you have the Snatch Steal, which is something that is currently banned or otherwise on the ban yeah, list. It could be not TCG legal. You could pick Victory Dragon if you really wanted yeah, to. if you want to go ham and bring it back to one and give us good reason. Yep. Um, or a bad funky. reason. Or a bad reason. <laughs> it could be a bad yeah, reason. It could be too. a terrible the, reason. The, the snatch deal is allowed to be silly. Yes. Uh, but send those into thefacedowns at gmail.com. Comment in our Discord, which is uh, linked somewhere. And or you can also leave a comment. Below, yeah. yeah. Leave a comment on Facebook. Uh, DM me personally. I'll, I'll take anything. Yeah. And yeah. anything I mean, I will also be taking Starlights. I really need to finish some places. Yeah, if you guys. want to send us yeah. some Starlights as well, uh, we'll do a mail episode. That sounds fun. That does sound <laughs> super cool. <laughs>
Um, but yeah, so this was our year in review. Um, overall, started out real slow. Um, some pseudo good band lists. Um, and then ending the year strong with a lot to look yep. forward to coming into the new year. Connor asking us to shout out his jank kids. We did. Shout out to Connor's jank kids. <laughs> yep. You know, they beat me, so that's fine. <laughs> and my dick was not jank. It was just packs. Um, and yeah, so all in all, uh, final thoughts, final looking, uh, let's go. What's the one product you're looking forward to next year? Joe. Hmm. Destruction deck. Albert Strike. Lovely. Yep. Lucas. Uh, GX Speed Duel Box. Great it's be, choice. It's going to be banging, I'm telling you. Um, for me, Legendary Duelist 9. I would like my Marinces cards. Ooh, that's a good one too. All right. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, uh, please feel free to follow us on your preferred uh, podcasting app. Uh, leave a comment below. Like and subscribe. subscribe. It always does help. Subscribe. Um, please feel free to contact us, which is at the which is thefacedowns at gmail.com for questions, concerns, queries, and ruling questions. Um, as well as your painful choice, which we may be reading on the next episode. Um, as if it's always, trash, we won't. Yeah, if it's, yeah <laughs> if, it's, if it's just five lines that say orcus harp horror, yeah, I'll be listening. If it's blind. just dang long five times, okay, maybe, maybe we'll do that one. But Listen, I'll take a dang long five times if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, oh, but, you know. I hear there's nine pillars you have to nine pillars. <laughs> Get around first, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, God, we're dear. terrible. That's crazy. <laughs> but um, as always, uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Ruben. And I'm Lucas. And I'm Joe. And you've been listening to The, the Face, Face Downs. Did it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real boy now. You're a real Face Down member. <laughs> <laughs>